Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! about dicks in the mix you got the desk not telling you where it's at Stephen gord oh my lord bowing down to bone bat podcasting your asses in nerdy massive classes speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses take your glasses off the set i'm dropping bombs on your dome in your home pull your bootstraps up it's time to burn chrome dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes chewing on them kirby loads of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show b-movie holy men wombat metalhead politics amen independent artist friends renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit quick wit crickets of the populace Vulcan with some romulus rolling prime like optimus Guitar awesome, it's the best of its kind, and not a scratch on it.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 184 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Ah, I am so psyched we're having a podcast. I didn't I didn't know if it was going to happen. Was it touch was, and go for a it while was, there? Yeah, it was touch and it was go. Lost the power to my office. Just like electricity stopped being here. And uh, it required professional assistance, but I now have electricity. Consequently, I have internet. Ergo, therefore, 4-2 with Slippery Slope, we got a podcast. Hey, we like doing those. And we also like talking about uh, independent music, sir. That we do. What independent music are we listening to, Steve? Because it is oddly familiar. Yes, we are revisiting the primal rock wizardry of Seattle's own Devilwood. You may uh, recall that they uh, played at our 2018 Comedy of Horrors Film Fest, and uh, they just had a new album come out last fall, Transit of Venus, so we're checking out uh, some tunes from that one. The the first tune you heard was called Hatchet to open the show, and uh, there's going to be a little more of that, as well as an interview with guitarist Bill Molstein, so I hope you did stay around for that. Word. But uh, first, why don't we talk a little bit about the comedy of horrors film festival i hear we're gonna have one there's gonna be one april 11th 2020 at sif cinema uptown in seattle washington uh it fully funded in december via kickstarter if you missed our last episode and uh we've got a lot of great content coming up for you uh the pine box boys once again are returning from san francisco we are going to be featuring the seattle premiere of an anthology film called Scare Package from director Aaron Koontz, which features a number of directors that have previously won awards at the Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, so we're excited about that. Gordon's been watching shorts until his eyeballs bleed. We just uh, released our poster art today. Uh, A lot of cool stuff coming up with regards to the Film Fest. Tickets will go on sale, the advanced tickets, for 40 bucks on February 1st. So uh, jump over to BoneBat.com and click the link to buy your tickets if you missed the Kickstarter. That's right, Rabbit. Check out our new poster art, too. It is, uh, it is a different direction than we've gone in the past, but every bit as awesome. We wanted to do something, you know, 10 years. That's kind of a, a landmark. We wanted to do something retro, calling back to, you know, the early days of film. At the Posters same time, of yesteryear. Yeah, celebrating 10 years of comedy horror shorts that we have featured at the fest. So a, a number of previous shorts are referenced in the poster art, which I found absolutely delightful. Uh, bonus points if you can decipher all eight shorts that are uh, referenced in the art. Do you get anything besides bonus points if you reference we'll all eight, Steve? think about that. The first person who gets in touch with me, maybe we'll give them a t-shirt something like that wow a t-shirt that's that's huge if you can figure out what eight shorts we're referencing from 10 years of the fest i'd do that i'd put up a shirt yeah but the person that gets that is the kind of person that already owns a shirt maybe not the new one that's true not the new one there you go all right well uh, what else man what, what else, else? Is new? what else what do you think is going else steve you know what we always do what's that you know what pisses me off? What pisses you off? <laughs> well, not having power in various <laughs> yes. rooms in your home? Not having power. Not having internet. Yes, things like that. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. Okay. We touched on this in the past. The disappointment 
that is a chocolate chip cookie when you realize <laughs> that it's got raisins in it, right? That's, yeah, that's the worst thing ever. Yeah, well, there's a whole other like corollary to that I stumbled across, and one of my one of my amazing children cooked and made what I thought was a batch of chocolate chip cookies. Now, to his credit, he didn't say, Dad, I made chocolate chip cookies. He just made some stuff, and he put them out. And these things look like chocolate chip cookies. Oh, my God, they were not. They were protein bars <laughs> that just had a chocolate chip shape and, and had actual chocolate chips in them. Jesus Christ. You know, for protein bars, they were fine. But if you're expecting chocolate chip cookie, if you set your standards, if you set your expectations to chocolate chip cookie level and you get anything else, God, that pisses me off. I thought you were going to say, you know, to my son's credit, he's never had a cookie before. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been allowed. And yeah, so, you know, no, I, I mean, if you're if you've never had something and then you're you decide to make it, it's going to come out kind of weird. Maybe it would. Yeah. Maybe not what you expect because you've got no frame of reference. Right. You think, OK, I've made it round and there are black things in it. It must be a chocolate chip cookie. Like, <laughs> No, that's kitty litter. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. That that really pisses me off. And you know what else pisses me off, What's Steve? What's that? Amazon used to be, if you think way, way, way back, Amazon was a place where you could buy stuff and the stuff was what you thought it was because it was as represented on the screen in front of you when you clicked add to cart. And that is most definitely not the case anymore. You don't know what kind of facsimile what kind of knockoff? What kind of so bullshit? So you're saying if you buy, buy like the latest Stephen King book and then you get it and it's like by Stan Kane, <laughs> or it says Stephen King on the outside and you open it up and it's actually a tortilla. It's, <laughs> it's, not it's a more book like at that. All. Curse you, Amazon! <laughs> Damn you, Amazon! Yeah, but they took that to a whole other level where I bought this thing. It was a thing that totally didn't work. So I left it a one-star review. I said, hey, this, this shit don't work. And then the seller, like, stalked me to find my personal email address and started sending emails to my email address, like, begging me to change the review and offering me, like, uh, offering me money to change my review on Amazon and sending it from multiple different addresses. You block one, another one would pop up. Super sketchy. Started telling me sob stories about how they're coping with depression related to the failure of their business and their wife left them. And now they have to take care of their ancient mother. And this is the only way they can do it. And my review is hurting their business. Like, dude, stop it. Stop it, Amazon. Don't let these people do this crazy it's it's like you know if i wanted to expose myself to stalkers and whatnot i just post my address on craigslist and all over the place i don't even know wow that pisses me off that would piss me off yeah it's uh, i gotta take care of my ancient mother and the only way i can do it is by screwing you on a 12 dollar adapter for your iphone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's like a 20 dollar thing too okay. right. fuck jeez that's brutal what about you steve what pisses you off you know we've talked know. before <laughs> we've talked before about things the mysteries of the pantry shit goes on there 
and it, it kind of pisses me off. It's a dark and mysterious place. It is. And you, you cohabitate with other human beings, and just sometimes weird shit happens that is both inexplicable and unacceptable. So, for instance, the other day I reached for the peanut butter, and uh, I pull it out and open it up and it you, you look inside and you're expecting you know this pristine peanut butter and probably a good half cup of jelly has been somehow fucked into the middle <laughs> wait <laughs> literally fucked into the middle of the peanut, <laughs> the peanut butter. butter fine okay i won't have peanut butter so i go into the refrigerator i pull out the jar of mayonnaise and in the mayonnaise there's this rich vein of mustard it's, some, it's like, God damn it, people. Use a different knife for different things. That really pisses me off because there are times when maybe I don't want jelly. I just want peanut butter. And that option has been stolen from me, I say, by the shenanigans that are going on in my kitchen. So, Gord, that pisses me off. That's, that's disgusting. You've got a thick vein of mayonnaise and a some sort of fucked out jar. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I paint too good of a picture for the, for you? Perhaps. I'm just a little disgusted that I've eaten in your kitchen is all. I, I, I'm surprised that you haven't come across this, having teenage boys around yourself. Come across it? Where you might have <laughs> things mixed up in ways they're not intended initially to be mixed up in your kitchen. Well, boy one wouldn't cook anything if he had to. He would starve before he applied heat to anything. Uh, and boy number two really fancies himself a bit of a chef, and he keeps he really doesn't like when uh, when things are mixed the way they're not supposed to be. So if we're if one were to say spread mustard on a piece of bread for a sandwich and then cut cheese with that same knife, and he were to witness it, he'd be very irritated. So <laughs> can we trade kids? No. <laughs> All right, let's listen to it, too. All right. Let's do that. All right. How about uh, this one? It's kind of a favorite of mine from Transit of Venus from 2019, Devilwood. This is Revelation.
Once again, that was Revelation from Transit of Venus, the brand new release from Seattle's Devilwood. And joining us now on the show, guitarist and band co-founder Bill Molstein. How you doing, man? Uh, good, man. Good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again for joining us on the show. It's been a minute since we chatted. Uh, you, you, of course... We're kind enough to play our 2018 film festival, and uh, I know that you had previewed a couple of the cuts off of this album live at that gig, and uh, I was excited to finally oh, get to yeah. hear the whole thing. Yeah, it was cool. It was yeah, uh, like very true. familiar. I'm like, where have I heard? Oh, right. Yeah. I've seen this <laughs> live. True. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that we totally we totally played a couple of those tracks. Um, more than a couple, I think like half our set was this new record. Uh, oh, was it? I remember. Yeah, you played, yeah. You played Ocean and Hatchet, and I think Cold Sunlight. Absolutely. But I, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely, we played all those. Yeah, yeah th there was at least a couple though off the new one that were brand new to us. Revelation being one of them. Great stuff. I just love the kind of you guys sprawl and let that one breathe. It's cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that um, I'm I'm really proud of that. Uh, I'm really proud of the. Um, the rhythm section, the uh, jo Joey on drums and uh, Andy on bass are just like, it, it, yeah, it just breathes and, and um, it's like one big ramp. I literally like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, oh, you're welcome. I, 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 God, that festival was so fun, man. That was, that was just a blast. It was the first, first and last time we played in a movie theater. Um, and it was, it was, it had a really neat vibe. That was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm glad you thought so because our audience really enjoyed you guys. And yeah, I thought you, that you you had a really just your your energy was wonderful that day. You just uh, really awesome. owned that room. It was great. 
Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. It's kind of hard to tell sometimes because uh, everyone was seated because it's a movie yeah. theater. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird space so, to play in. So, it, yeah, so it had that, like, even when the energy's high, it was like a... Um, like we were on, like we were an exhibit. It was kind of neat. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> that was fun. So, tell me a little bit about the making of Transit of Venus. You had a couple of songs, obviously, written at that time. Uh, did you have everything written, and you were in the process of recording, or where were you? I think that's right. I think we were in the process. What was that? That was 2018. So we, so April, of we had the whole thing. That's right. So we we had the whole thing written. And we had uh, recorded, I think the, we'd recorded the actual tracks. I think we, we were just waiting on um, doing kind of this thing we call bells and whistles, really, where you just kind of go back through and the meat was there and the skeleton was there. So we record, we record live mm-hmm. in a room. Um, we like to all be in the same room and we track the whole record live, the drums, the bass, the guitar, and a scratch vocal. So all the, all the instruments are live. Okay. Um, that you hear. And so that was all done back in 2018 when we played the festival. And I think we were just waiting to go back in to do some bells and whistles stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, all the fun stuff like hand claps and banging on beer bottles and uh, <laughs> shouts and stuff like that. Tambo, tambourine and cowbell and crap like that. Uh-huh. Um, there might even be a, uh, there's a vibra slap. We get one vibra slap per record just one uh one hey you get that to was hit enough for ozzy one. right that's yeah just one crazy train yeah that's, that's the only one on i can think of track. Yeah. yeah it's well you know if you cover a whole record in vibra slap it gets old <laughs> in about 30 seconds but <laughs> but you, you, you one well-placed vibra slap on one song on one record that's it that <laughs> that's like the eye of the duck right there. That's the jewel. <laughs> yeah, eye of the uh, duck. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's a good sound, song right title. There. I think uh, somebody should write that down. Yeah. That, that's the sequel anyway, to so, Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> oh, little, yeah, yeah, a little less glorious. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, later years kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like Eye of the Tiger, but it's, it's a, a relaxed like water, thing. Yeah, yeah it's the waterfowl version. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. The winter uh, migration. <laughs> where are we even going with this? I'm not sure. Uh, I like where we ended up. This is good. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I, when we played the festival in 2018, we still had some backup vocals and uh, vibra slap and uh, stuff to record. <laughs> and so did you guys produce but, it yourself, or did who, who produced the album for you? Uh, we, we basically we recorded it with a friend named Brian Nelson. He's okay. a local guy in Seattle. He's a really good musician and plays in a band called Dead Man. Okay. Um, and uh, he also is a really good uh, producer. And so we kind of co- co-did it with him. He recorded it all. But um, it was kind of a, you know, he just would record and be like, what'd you guys think? And we'd be like, that sounded like crap. You know, let's do it again. <laughs> and... Uh, and yeah, it was really cool. We recorded on Capitol Hill at a really cool studio called um, No Count Studios. Um, and that's Brian's Brian's place. And so um, yeah, we kind of that's I guess why it took so long was we we just kind of pay as we go and mm-hmm. um, do a session here, do a session there. And so I'd say the whole record was assembled from about four or five uh, sessions. Okay. Um, so those ses- those sessions 
being um, weekends, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a Saturday and a Sunday here, a Saturday and a Sunday there, over the course of a couple of years. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a stretch. And, and some of it is, um, we mixed it up. You can't really tell what's where. or And I can't even tell anymore. Um, yeah, we just kind of paid for it ourselves. And um, uh, it came out on Moon Ape Records, which is kind of just a little little indie um, experiment um, I may be involved in my <laughs> checkbook cool. records that's, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome uh, yeah so, so did, did, very uh, happy with it like did you sort of have to avoid having a gig because like Hillary sings so forcefully like if she knew she was going to record oh, so yeah. does she have to like take okay uh-huh. I gotta, we can't have a gig for like a week before we record or anything like that um I, I don't know about that. I don't think so. No, it was more like, um, I mean, you kind of do what you got to do. Sure. No, she's so as, good. Um, I, I sing with yeah, my band yeah. and like, I mean, I'm, I'm toast for like two weeks. I don't know. Dude, I sing <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, uh, she's, I t- she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. She, I, she just naturally has a, a crazy, insane voice. I mean, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think she did anything out of the ordinary. I think she just, you know, rolls in and fucking one take Jake. Uh, sorry, can I swear? Sorry <laughs> about that. Absolutely. Yeah, you um, can fucking swear. Yeah. Um, sometimes a little, a little whiskey. Um, not, not a lot of whiskey. Well, sometimes a lot of whiskey, but, but mostly <laughs> a little whiskey is interesting what it does to the voice. Um, it's a, like an old studio trick that you can just bring like a, just like ration it out in a shot glass. Don't take the shot, but sip off the shot um, while you're doing your vocals, you know, in a studio, that is. Interesting. Um, and it kind of can warm, it, you know, so there's practice, right? You know, you yes. can practice. Yes. Or you can pour up, you can ration <laughs> out some whiskey, <laughs> and you could warm up the voice that way, and it does, it, it, it's a quicker way. <laughs> That's amazing, because playing guitar, drinking doesn't necessarily yeah. help me play better. <laughs> no, Steve, it doesn't? That's yeah. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah, that. it's like taking the bumpers off the bowling lane, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Few beer few beers on the fretboard. Oh boy. <laughs> Fantastic, That's true. man. Well so so what do you got lined up in the near future as far as live gigs? Can uh, our listeners come out and see you? Um, you know, at the moment we're we're in hibernation because I'm I'm kind of uh, landlocked. Uh, east of the mountains right now. Oh, I shoot. I personally live in you're Ellensburg. Back, so you're in Ellensburg, okay. Yeah, and so I the, the pass just, um, I can make it over every so often, but, mm-hmm. but right now is like we enter a deep freeze for about <laughs> three, or four, three or four months where it just gets a little unreliable. And if I do book shows, if we do book shows, it gets a little like yeah, just, just uh, hard to to count on if a blizzard type situation hits in the past it's like you can fly maybe from yakima into SeaTac, but that would be the only possible thing and even that you're taking like a tiny scary little plane yeah um so yeah i don't know um it's kind of a funny thing we 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 ran into this for the first time last year we ran into this as a problem so so it's my fault um (laughs) there's no shows on the immediate menu but we Check us out. You should connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of the, you know, any of the usual social media platforms. 
and uh, all our shows, you know, we got something cooking in the spring. We're working on something, hopefully at the Central Saloon um, oh, cool. in Seattle, maybe at the um, here on name dropping places. We're probably not going to play. No, but we're, we're working on something. Maybe, <laughs> the, uh, maybe at the Bowl. Central, maybe <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Tractor maybe Tavern. Safe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but we'll, we'll work something out in the spring. Um, so no immediate plans for okay. probably a couple months. Well, uh, I'll be sure and shout out to our listeners uh, when you guys get something booked. That'll be awesome. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you just playing the music and, and talk, just talking about it to anybody. You know, hey, listen to this. If you like rock music, <laughs> it's, we think it checks all the all the boxes, you know. Yeah, well, um, you know we're big fans, man, since we partnered with you before. And uh, we love hearing when you have new stuff, so that's cool. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yo, you bet. So one last question, Bill. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. What pisses you off, man? Oh, man. You know, it's funny. Immediately, I remember my last answer from last time I said hair on the soap. Um, <laughs> hair that still on applies. the soap. <laughs> um, you know, I don't like to rag on too much TV or movies or anything like that. I, I think, you know, no one tries to make bad stuff. Everyone's trying to make something cool or whatever. Um, no, I talked to Michael show... Bay. Actually, he intensely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what what he's trying to do. It's hard to tell with that guy. Some people say, okay, you know, Ma- Michael Bay. He actually kind of pisses me off. But that's another thing. Uh, some people say he's the last American off tour. Because, but but I don't buy I don't buy into that. But regarding auteur theory, you know, you can identify a Michael Bay movie in like 10 seconds flat if you put one on. You know exactly who's <laughs> making that movie. And that, that's, true. that's an auteur right there. I mean, sure. that's a, he's doing something. I mean, he's got a brand, a visual style. Anyway, um, that show Riverdale, there's something about that show I, I just couldn't, I couldn't crack into. And I, I think it's because I was a, an Archie fan growing up. Okay. Um, and that show is like 10 degrees away from cool. Like it could be cool if it did something. I don't know if it leaned harder in the Archie direction. Because I understand it's like a revisionist thing. You know, it's it's not Archie and that's what's interesting about it. But it's like caught in the middle in like soap land. You know, where it's caught up. It, it ends up just being a soap. Huh. But it could. It could be like, like Twin Peaks or something. But it's too scared to go that far. But... It, but it goes too far out to just be Archie, which would be also enjoyable. So it's kind of weird. Sorry. So it's um, like neither fish nor fowl. That's probably man. neither here nor there. But but it makes me really upset, Steve. That's, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> that does qualify for what pisses you off. Well, if it you pisses off. you off, then, then that's, that was the fir- perfect thing to discuss, man. Let's go with hair on the soap. That's uh, <laughs> round, yeah, yeah. Two years in a row. <laughs> All right, man. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about this next tune? I think the next song we're going to uh, listen to is Ocean. Ocean off of the new record is um, a song we wrote kind of in the vein of um, an author we like, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. He was really scared of the sea. And there was something kind of seductive about the sea in his writing. It's kind of the thing that we fear the most is sometimes the thing that draws us in the most. Bears a, a certain magnetism to it. So, so we wrote a song just kind of in the theme of, of those ideas that he kind of would harp on in a lot of different stories. This idea of, um, you know, uh, did we come from the sea? Is the sea calling us back? Is there something in the sea? Is there some quality of the sea that is ancient and in us? 
that, you know, speaks to the primitive side of us. Uh, and, and we decided to kind of write a hippy-dippy song kind of um, in the vein of that. And so, thus, Ocean. Uh, that's a lengthy introduction. Clearly, um, this is a deep one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pardon the pun. Oh, pun see what I did there? I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bruce really indoors, my friend. I respect that. <laughs> good, good one. Sound encouraging. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on the show, Bill. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks. Anytime. And here you go, folks. This is Ocean.
This is Bill from Devilwood. You're listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right. Once again, that was Ocean from Devilwood. I hope you enjoyed that. You can pick up their stuff at devilwood.bandcamp.com. Again, the latest album is called Transit of Venus. So, Gord, you got some weird stuff this week? Steve, I do have some weird stuff this week. And nobody likes tortillas more than I do. So this is some tortilla-related news coming from the great state of Texas. Apparently, there was a woman, a chef of sorts, a home chef in Texas named Peggy, who was selling her homemade tortillas um, via the Facebook Marketplace which is possibly a, a sketchy place to actually buy homemade food, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's another podcast. Yeah. Anyway, she put up, uh, you know, a picture of her her work surface, the, the tortillas being made, as you will, uh, if you're trying to sell fresh tortillas for $15 a bag. And the, like you'd expect, you see a cutting board, flour, circular pieces of dough rolled out, and then inexplicably, a uh, purple vibrator. And people people were quick to comment on this, saying, uh, you know, hey, uh, you're rolling out your tortillas uh, with a dildo? And she asserted, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a rolling pin. <laughs> the Internet being what it is wouldn't wouldn't let up like, well, then. Why? Why does your picture have a dildo on it? And she, she replied, "Only an uncultured swine would not see that that is a vibrating rolling pin." <laughs> <laughs> and then it just went downhill from there. Now, you and I, I, I would say we were fairly dialed into how one goes about cooking. I've, I've worked in a restaurant where they made tortillas from scratch we have a good friend who's a chef have you ever heard of a vibrating rolling pin steve i have not but i often will uh use those vibrating taquito makers where you roll up the tortilla and you stick it in a cock ring oh wait (laughs) (laughs) oh that's i thought it was a taquito maker what yeah and you just if you're those burrito stuffers where you just push the plug into the end of the burrito to really <laughs> pack those beans in. <laughs> yeah, news from Texas. Apparently you can get fresh vibrating dildo rolled tortillas for 15 bucks a bag. Call Peggy. <laughs> well, maybe, the wonderful thing is I picked up this email. it's not as easy to sell sex toys in the state of Texas. So you got to mm. you got to market it a little differently if you know what I mean. And I think that could be. Yes. Uh <laughs> tortillas for the discerning, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like back when they used to call uh, pornography French pictures or whatever the <laughs> shit. <it was. laughs> oh, that's not porn, it's French. Got it. Yeah, that's a giant Texas fishing worm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Texas. Yeah, the story was sent to me from uh, the United Kingdom, where apparently they keep tabs on what's going on with Texas. (laughs) 
All right, shoot. Well, why don't we listen to another tune? All right, what are we going to listen to? I don't know. You pick this one. How about Death Maiden? I love the sound of it. You will. Hit play!
right. Once again, that was Death Maiden from Transit of Venus, Devilwood 2019. You can pick it up at devilwood.bandcamp.com. So uh, you got any multimedia triage? Oh, man, you know I do. I do. It has been. I read the show notes. So much time has gone by since you and I last did a show. It seems like you and I are really trying hard to see a a lot of the films nominated for Best Picture in the Academy Awards this year. We didn't go into it planning that. We, We saw stuff we wanted to see. Yeah, um, but it ended but, and, up You know what? Way. 1917. Wow. Amazing. What a great movie. Yeah. Long, drawn-out shot after long, drawn-out shot. Every dickhead director that wants to bounce around and use a bouncy cam because they think it brings you into the scene should be required to watch this movie and take fucking notes because the camera moves around as if it's a participant or an observer, but you never feel like it's a gratuitous shaking. There is no feeling like you've duct taped the camera to a poodle. It's, yeah, no. it's all very natural. It is very natural. Yeah, it's super well done. And just even the way it'll change, like, you know, it'll be wa- walking down a trench behind you and then it'll swirl around in front of you so you can see what's behind. And it just manages to constantly add more and more sort of story elements that aren't spoken. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's almost like you're a ghost watching it and you're, you're following these guys um, and looking around. It's, God, it was... And of course, it, you know, there's some gimmicks like they go into a tunnel and it goes to black, so obviously they cut there because they didn't film it all in one four-hour session. Bullshit. Next thing you know, you're going to tell it, me that Birdman wasn't one it shot. It took them months. So, no, they know. did it in... There's, all at once. Yeah, it, it, because you, I, I don't know, because I've watched enough film, I found myself, that took me out of it at times, because I'm like, oh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's the thing, but that's the that's the difference between you and you. I was like, oh, man, this is this is awesome. The The camera in my mind is almost a character in the in the thing, and I'm, I'm enjoying where the camera is and what it's doing, and it's not taking me out of it. And when those places happen where they do make the cut i usually thought oh that was clever oh, because it wasn't shit. always going into a, a tunnel a lot of times it was like going around the guy's pant leg or something i know that for a fact that you were like oh that's not really a german rat that's a normal ratus americanus <laughs> you can't well, ratus norvegicus that's what the fuck man shit. this isn't norway oh, the science of the way a airplane <laughs> crashes clearly it wouldn't be like that I think that you are always filled with science horseshit that ruins your movies. <laughs> I didn't say a single <laughs> science-y horseshit thing about this that. Guy, I you said were I thinking it. it. You were thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's know, been a while since I've called you a dick. You're a dick. Okay, hey, actually, okay, yeah. so we're going to talk spoilers because I just want to talk about some of the great stuff in this movie, and I can really do it only with people who have seen 1917. All right, so, so everyone else just, just tune out. Yeah, go jump ahead a few minutes to when we say, and that's about enough for 1917. Okay, so dude, I love the know? fact that all right, totally shocking when one of our heroes gets killed halfway through. Not even as like a third of the way you're through. You're just like fuck. You're you're totally punched in the stomach, and yet you know that okay, this is this mission has got to go on. 
Yeah. But then, so there's a scene early in the film where Blake is telling Schofield about this cherry orchard that they're walking through that's half destroyed, like the Germans in the scorched earth had chopped off the cherry trees so that they, like, wouldn't continue to grow as they were retreating through France. And so he's telling them about this, and there's a scene later where Schofield falls in a river, and he gets caught up in the current, and he's taken, you know, presumably miles downstream. And he starts to follow these cherry blossoms in the water, and it was like Blake was leading him where he needed to go. And I just thought that was such a fucking cool moment. Oh, that's that's sweet. I didn't... I didn't interpret it that way at all, um, but that's a that's a cool way to, to look at that scene. Yeah, I just thought that that was just like wow, you know, it kind of gave me chills. It was just a great moment. What was also awesome about it is like as they would proceed and they would come up to like another captor or somebody, it was always a great actor and doing just a wonderful scene. Like there was this totally nutty over-the-top guy in the very first trench that they are leaving who was yeah. the priest he was the priest from fleabag dude exactly and he was fucking amazing yeah he was just he was done he was out of his depth this whole thing had, had completely fucked him up and, and he, he doesn't even care and he's like here you know take this flare gun and when you get over there shoot off the flare but leave it there for me boys because you know i hate when the germans get a hold of our flare guns He's like, yeah, you're going to die, so... <laughs> Can you just throw it back over the fence? Thanks. Right, when you get shot. Yeah. Jeez. What a movie. And yeah, it was just amazingly well shot, amazingly soulful. You know, at the end, I was like, elbowed my son and said, no, you're crying. <laughs> those, uh, those German uh, infantry guys, though, they, they do shoot a lot like... Imperial stormtroopers. Stormtroopers, yeah. (laughs) You you would think that somebody would get shot that way. But, like, and the other thing, what happened to Schofield's bayonet? Yeah. Like, why didn't he have it on? Yeah, he lost it before the movie started. Yeah, he had it at the start because there's a scene where they make a point of him installing it, and then you never see it on there again. Yeah, but he like, never had whoa. it on his person like like everybody else in the movie. You could see it was hanging on their yeah, from their totally. kit. And I like did he keep his up his ass? What where was he storing his? I don't know. Anyway, fantastic fucking movie. Totally worth all the hype that it's getting. Uh it, it was wonderful. It's the only movie I enjoyed this year as much as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I think I think I stand by my earlier statement, Steve, that you are garbage in a human suit. Not at all. Now, speaking <laughs> like, of garbage. Not even close. Why don't we talk about Joker a little bit? God, that's what? a depressing that's fucking movie. Oh, it's oh, so well done, though. God. Bleak. It's the perfect film for Trump's America. It's two hours of villainy with not a hero in sight. That's what it is. Yeah. Jeez. Just depressing and brutal. And there's no Batman. To, to come and save the day. It's just fucked. The I day's not going to be safe. I didn't enjoy it. And I wouldn't I see it again. The, I, I can appreciate I the acting. The acting was amazing. But ugh, that was just a, a bleak, depressing, sad movie. I did not like it. I, I liked it. I wouldn't watch it again, but I, I liked it for what it was. It was it was really well done. The next thing you're going to say is that you liked Uncut Gems. Bullshit. It was just 
two hours of horrible people yelling over the top what of each other. Mean? It was the loud. Adam Sandler is a comic idiot. I don't even know. What you that know, meant. I, I actually. So I've never been a fan of, of movies like Simple Plan, where it's like a character. Another who, great movie. Who seems incapable of making a good decision. <laughs> it's just like one bad decision after another. And, I mean, the style is really interesting. Like, there's an opening shot. The whole thing, Uncut Gems, what it's about, Adam Sandler is a jewel salesman in New York City. And he makes a deal for this great big blob of African opals that he gets in the mail. And so the opening shot, or one of the opening shots, is like the camera goes through the opal and it's looking out through all the colors and the different textures inside this opal. And then it exits through Adam Sandler's colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah. Which is fucking hilarious. It's just funny. But then very it goes into akin to the movie Blue Velvet, where it begins and ends, you know, going through, you know, some body part. You know, that actually, that was something cool. Okay, spoiling again, 1917. That it started <laughs> with Schofield leaning against a tree in this pastoral setting, and it ended in the exact same spot. Like, yeah, however many miles cool. away. It was like it came full circle. It's only eight miles away, right? Well, I guess eight or nine, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was cool, too. Anyway, and that's about enough for 1917. Back to Uncut Gems. Uh, yeah. The style it's... is very kinetic and loud, and the music is like this tense store, sort of uh, mm. keyboard music. Yeah, it doesn't even go with the, like, anything. Like it's just loud. And, you know, the the plot is certainly interesting, but man, do the characters make horrible decisions. Yeah, it's terrible. There's not... People say the movie is tense. It is not tense. It is not tense at all. It's like watching a group of assholes in a boat sinking. You're like, I don't care. They're all assholes. No, I, I disagree. I was totally engaged with the film. Well, you're an asshole. But I didn't like the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I it seemed like... The, the only good people were like his kids who were like maybe kind of victims, you know, but you could see them because they were raised by him ending up like Adam Sandler's character. I don't know. Yeah, their whole means of communication for everyone in that movie was basically to yell over the top of each other and never let anyone finish a sentence. It was awful. Yeah, They're awful I, people. I, I, I found it tense and engaging, but another one I don't know that I need to see again. I'm glad everybody died but, in the uh, end. I wouldn't be at all surprised if, you know, Sandler wins the Academy Award for that. Because the acting was amazing. Because the Academy Awards are bullshit. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not where you're going with that? <laughs> so, uh, what else did you see? Well, I saw an actual good movie. I saw The Gentleman, the new Guy Ritchie film. But you film. can't talk about it because I haven't seen it yet. And if you oh, man. It, Let me tell you. Spoiler. The best you. part is... I'm so going to murder you. <laughs> I'll tell you this, not giving anything away. Okay. It's much more like his earlier films than Rock and Rolla. It's it's he got back to a great just telling a story and telling it in a fun way. And yeah, it's a it's a British gangster story. And yeah, there's going to be some violence, but there's cool characters and it's it's a story driven film and you're going to dig it. And everyone should watch it. It's uh, it's a hell of a lot better than Uncut Gems. <laughs> yeah, I totally am going to see that within the next week or so. 
big fan of, especially, you know, we said it here a million times, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, one of my favorite movies of all time. Snatch yeah. is a lot of fun. Rock and Roll yeah. is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Even his Sherlock Holmes movies I enjoyed as something, you know, completely different. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the King Arthur thing, but uh, I'm really looking forward to this, so. Yeah, that's, he needs to stick with the gangsta stuff. You know, one other... And then Underwater. I saw Underwater, which got pretty marginal reviews, and it was a fun, fun film where they're they're drilling down at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, and all of a sudden the 300-plus drilling, 300-plus you know, person drilling base, why you need that many people to drill a hole is beyond me, especially down there. It starts experiencing massive structural failures, and, and they've got to escape. And Kristen Stewart was in it. She was fun. T.J. Miller is in it, and he was he was great. He was really funny. His timing is always excellent. And it's it's just a great adventure flick where it ha- the first part of the movie is basically escape the base, and the second part is escape the base because there's monsters. You like it. So is it pretty much what you expect? It's aliens underwater. No, I, I was expecting aliens underwater. If you really, really wanted to condense it, I, I guess it's that. But the thing about aliens is they were fighting the aliens, right? They had firepower. This, There's it's no just a bunch of these guys. It's just, yeah, you're, you're soft, hairless apes way underwater. You need to get out somehow. <laughs> you, you have no claws. You have no fangs. You have no machine guns. Yeah. Hmm. So, I would say no. It's not aliens. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, did we talk about The Expanse last time? Uh, no. I don't think we did. Yeah, I don't think we did either. Watch the new season of The Expanse on Amazon. If you're a fan of the series, you'll be pleased to know it did not suffer at all coming over to Amazon. It's great the characters are great the acting is great the only thing that's maybe a little different is uh the character amos he uh he's shirtless a lot more which is <laughs> you know not my thing but i uh, have it on good authority that is great from the person that i was watching it with so check it out the expanse is is i don't know if there's better science fiction on tv yeah, I, you, uh, did you watch it yet? I watched the first episode, but we haven't watched it anymore, so it's it's on the list. You suck. Uh, the other movie, uh, getting sort of getting back to Academy Award fodder. Uh, did you see Marriage Story on Netflix? I have no desire to watch Marriage Story. Uh, great acting. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, I think Laura Dern got. She plays one of the divorce lawyers, and she's fantastic. She won a Golden Globe, but she'll probably get an Academy Award for that, too, for supporting actors. She was wonderful. Really good movie, but really, you know, it's sad. It's a it's a divorce story, like you would imagine. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just, you know, by the end so of the So let me like, get this wow. straight. There's there's no gangsters. There's no gunfights. No, there's no, no monsters. car explosion. There's no video but games. it's not Scarlett Johansson, which you okay. are in. on the record as being in the bag for. So in. I thought because of that, you might have seen the film. I just didn't want to watch a movie about getting divorced from Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I see. Okay, so yeah, uh, really well acted, but uh, 
yeah, again, not a fun watch by any means for me. And certainly if you've had divorce, you know, I haven't even had divorce in my family. So if you have, I think it would probably hit pretty close to home. Yeah. Uh, also not going to watch Kramer versus Kramer. Just saying. You know, I've never seen that either. I've just seen like bits of it. I've never seen the whole film. So, yeah, I think uh, the only thing I need to see is Jojo Rabbit. I still got oh, yeah, to gotta gotta try it. to catch that before. You already said you didn't want to see that movie, though. So nah, I respect I just it. said that at the time there was like four movies out and that wasn't the first one. I, I, I'll i see it, I'm certain, when it's, you know, paper. You watched Marriage like Story. Yeah, on Netflix, yeah. on my couch. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. So that's that's pretty low-hanging fruit right there. <laughs> You could have been playing the Molly Wand Black Sight Takedown of Borderlands Let's talk 3, about for that God's real sakes. Quick. So, did you, have yeah. you finished it? Have you done that yet? No. Have you beaten uh, Wotan? Wotan the Invincible? There's a reason they call him the Invincible. Because he's because invincible. Because I haven't beaten him. Yeah, because he's got a bunch of shields around him. You need melty, melty guns. Yeah, you, well, you need zappy, zappy guns. You need to, to get through shields. And then when you get to the armor, that's when you need the melty, melty guns. Yeah, but you, he's also spitting out armored dudes while he's shooting through his shields. So you got to yeah. kill those guys, too. Yeah, there's that. I, I got pretty far. I got up on one of those towers mm-hmm. in the you know the final boss area and, and knocked him down a couple of his iterations. And I got him to his final stage. And then I died. So nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about. So this is a, this is a <laughs> yeah, raid in They're Borderlands words. 3. That is a specific for multiplayer, so it's a really hard raid. I've been playing you, it alone. You bust through a Molly Wan site, and you you end up fighting this giant robot at the end of it. I did not make it past the first warehouse. You know, you go down in through the Skag area, and yeah. then along the gun towers, and then into the into the warehouse. I did you fight the, past the, the spider robot, the big shielded yeah. spider robot? Yeah. No, haven't made it past that. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. Definitely not going to team up with your ass because you suck at this. Well, maybe I'll help. I can maybe. heal you or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it really helps to have my uh, my monkey hopping along with me, uh, bringing me back to life from time to time. Oh, that's, uh, that's kind of a nice bonus. The character yeah. I'm playing, Zane, the operative, he doesn't have... He doesn't heal himself, you know, or have anything like that. You can sort of, if you jump over to his uh, his de- decoy, he has a hologram decoy, and if you jump over to the decoy, you can get rehealed. But, you know, in the heat of battle, that's kind of hard to do sometimes. Yeah, you need to keep your shit together. And you can't you can't play like a monkey fucking a football. You've got to be, you've got to, like, be very deliberative about this, move carefully, clear a section don't be afraid to fall back when the enemies come swarm at you again you can't just like run out there and get surrounded you cannot be leroy jenkins steve yeah see i know i would just i know your style as fast as i can to wotan you're gonna go hey is that loot in that big pile of heavily armored enemies i think i'm gonna go observe that loot real close (laughs) yeah no there's there's you don't loot in that one (laughs) Unless it's orange. If it's an orange star. See? Just, it'll <laughs> no, be you know there why? when you're done, Because Steve. it's going to be a shield. That's why. <laughs> I'm going to be fucking pissed. It's like, I almost died for that. For a, it's going to be a modifier for, for a, a character modifier. you're not. 
for if you slide on the ground, you get bonus points. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I think that's next? about enough of that. Uh, that is. Why don't we finish up the show, man? All right. All right. Well, uh, thank yous. Once again, I'd like to thank Bill from Devilwood for joining us on the show. Once again, you can find their music at devilwood.bandcamp.com. You can also uh, friend them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter. There's a couple of places you can follow them and uh, keep an eye on their doings. Uh, once again, like Bill said, they'll have uh, some shows into summertime, so you'll get to uh, have a chance to see them very soon live. And they're great live. You don't want to miss them. Our usual bullshit. Show number what? 425-296-6557, or you can reach the show via email at steve at bonehand.com. It's also the home of the heavy half hour every once in a while. You can find my cartoons at mightywombat.com. I also put stuff up on Facebook. I've been doing some cool stickers and decals and things lately. You should check those things out. You can uh, follow me on Twitter as Bonehand. We also have our Bonebat Twitter feed as well as a Bonebat Facebook page where you can find uh, all kinds of stuff about the Comedy Horrors Film Festival. There is also a dedicated Comedy of Horrors page now as well as an event page. So, uh, as I mentioned, tickets are on sale February 1st, 2020. So, uh, get your tickets early for this extravaganza of horror comedy. So, once again, uh, Film Festival's April 11th. 2020 at Sif Cinema Uptown. That is we are a still Saturday. accepting submissions. Yeah, if you got a film, right. we'd like to see it. I'd like to see it, especially if it's horror comedy or horror comedy. If it's not those things, <laughs> don't send it to me. That's right. I don't want to see it. Yeah, send it's it to somebody. Be a great time, and I hope you can join us. Thank you again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. One last song tonight from Devilwood. Uh, why don't we check out Mojave, Gord? Let's check out Mojave, as you say. All right. Uh, once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
that's not porn. It's French. Got it. 